Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. Welcome back, campers, to episode five of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And uh, we're... Uh, we're back, and if you notice that that intro is a little bit different, um, we're bringing back the original intro that we had because I say we're not scared. Screw the the lawyers. No, I think it's. I've been doing a little bit more research into it, and I was like, you know what? I think this is under fair use. So yeah. It's that's the that's the intro that we're gonna stay with. That was our original intro. So um, get used to it. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, get used to that. Yeah. And this is just what it is now. Don't lawyer up and sue us. Yeah, please. please. I mean, you know, you can you can tweet at us and just say, please don't do that. Or you can send an <laughs> official uh, cease and desist. But yeah, suing us would be kind of lame. If, um, if I get a if I get an email from Marvel being like, hey, stop it. Like, Yo, you guys are listening? That's really, really cool. Exactly. Actually. So maybe this is a good thing. Yeah. Maybe a lawsuit's the best thing that could happen to us. Any press is good press. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, let's... Uh, I have to discuss what happened over... Oh, um, uh, yeah. Tell us about the Horror Nights. On Friday, I went to the opening night of Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood, California at Universal Studios. The Big Wood. Yeah, the Big Wood. Do people call it that? No, no. You want to start calling it that? They also have Hollywood, Florida, so... Yeah, but this is the Big Wood. True. True. So, um, yeah, so I went to that. It was opening night. Um, it was amazing i've been waiting three years to go and i've been asking some buddies to go and they're always like nah not my not my scene i'm too i get scared easily and stuff and what was it was it spooky oh it was spooky i was spooky i went with my girlfriend katie uh shout out katie and uh a couple of her work uh, her work friend and uh, their boyfriend and brother and it was it was really really awesome there was about I want to say six or seven mazes. There was like Halloween, Michael Myers, this movie Trick or Treat. Was was Beetlejuice there? Beetlejuice wasn't there. God. But like I, I said, it. Halloween, uh, Michael Myers, Trick or Treat, uh, Universal Monsters. Well, was Michael Myers like, was he dressed up like uh, like Austin Powers? Will you shut up and let me finish this <laughs> list, motherfucker? <laughs> Michael Myers from Halloween. Oh, groovy. <laughs> Baby. Um, the killer. Uh, Trick or Treat, that movie that I actually haven't seen, but also Great Maze. Universal Monsters, which was like Dracula, uh, Mummy, uh, Frankenstein. We had The Purge. We had Blumhouse Productions, which was, um, they had some movies out like Truth or Dare, which I think was a lame concept for a movie. It looked really lame, but The Maze was also amazing. They had Poltergeist, and then they had the big one, uh, Stranger Things. And uh, I actually hit every single maze. Ooh. Because I'm gonna give you guys a little inside tip right now, okay? They're all the same. No, <laughs> when we went there, we didn't get the fast pass to the front of the line. But my girlfriend's coworker, uh, Natasha, she said she she has like uh, she had like a, a ankle surgery, so she went there. And she's like, let's just see if we like, we get like a oh, yeah. injured line. Yep. You know, so she went. She's like, I had ankle surgery. Um, I have my brace on. I don't have any paperwork. And they're like, oh, it's okay. She's like, what? Like, oh, we oh yeah. They're like, we can't ask for paperwork. Like, I think it's illegal for them to be like, prove it. Yeah. So we got the front of the line ticket thing, but it's a little bit different than just straight front of the line. It's basically what happens is if the maze is under a 30-minute wait, they send you in the fast pass line right away. But if it's an over 30-minute wait, let's just say it's 45 minutes, they write from 45 minutes like if it's six o'clock they'll write 645 on your ticket and you can come back at 645 and they'll send you to the front of the line so my question is with these mazes is it something kind of like that walking dead one or is it like a full-blown like big ass maze that how long does it take to get through the maze it takes about three to five minutes to get through the maze uh each each maze is a little different but they're about the same amount of length and the, the concept of the maze is that you walk in and it's not a maze like you don't know which way to go it's a continuous path really good set design and what you do is like you walk through and people like there'll be some rooms where nobody's really in it and you're just kind of looking at like this really weird like animatronic uh like thing like uh in poltergeist there's like the little girl with her hand against the tv saying they're here but it wasn't a real person and nobody was in that room with her and then you walk in to the next room and they'll have these hanging black flaps kind of like freezer flaps if you've ever been inside like a big freezer it'll be like those and you so you can't see what's ahead of you you'll walk in and somebody will, like, jump out at you, open a door really quick, uh, pop out of a window, 
uh, be on the other side of a mirror, and the mirror will like change translucently, so you can see them, and they'll like reach out at you. Yeah, uh, they can't touch you, which is uh, good, you know, especially but this you're, climate. You're used to that, so <laughs> so it, it was amazing. But uh, the straight, I I have to say, if you're gonna go, either chance it on the I have a hurt foot. So are you telling people to fake injuries and disabilities to cut lines? No, I'm saying just be smart about it. It's called strategy. Maybe just do a sick skateboard trick and roll, roll your ankle and or walk in there. You don't even have to, apparently. You don't have to prove anything. But I was going to say that overall, just either chance it off of an injury and maybe they'll give you the slip or pay for the front of the line fast pass because if you don't do that, you will not be able to finish all of the mazes in one night because at the end of the night... Stranger Things had a 150-minute wait. Yeah, sounds about right. That's like Indiana Jones on in the summer at and Disneyland. To, and to tell you the truth, it was great set design, but I was like a little bummed out because I like a lot of variations of monsters and things jumping out at you. And the main villain in Stranger Things, if you haven't seen it, is the Demigorgon. So it was like all Demigorgon. But, I mean, it was still... Every maze was amazing. I think my favorite was probably Universal Monsters with like the classic werewolf. Beetlejuice. Frank, he's not in it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> you better stop it right now. Oh, come on, I'm going to hurt you. Um, no, Beetlejuice is not there, unfortunately. But it was, it was overall a great experience. Got there at 4 p.m., got home at like uh, 11 at night. My feet were killing me. And we also like hit the mummy ride, which is there all the time, like twice. And that trans- is a good one. Transformers, we uh, they they keep a couple of the other rides open too. Uh, Walking Dead, and but yeah. not Harry Potter Land. Harry Potter Land is closed, so don't get any ideas. No, no. You Harry Potty, Harry Potty, Harry Potter nerds. No butter beer for these bitches. No, it's a. Uh, I like Harry Potter Land. It's great. But, but it's closed. It's like, closed all day, or is um, it just for the? A Halloween thing. Just for the Halloween. Halloween. They close it they close the park earlier, I think around six o'clock. Okay. And but if Which you is, yeah, that's silly because I mean, yeah. If you have it's, if it's you Harry have, Potter, but I mean they're still technically witches, which is pretty spooky. Well, I think that's one of their main selling points for just buying a regular ticket to the park, and I don't want them to be they probably don't want to be like, Hey, everybody come in for horror nights and then get like your fix for everything. Uh, so they wanna leave something okay. and be like, Well, come back for the day too. It's yeah. like a and Ugh. it's it's our biggest attraction, you know. So. Were there were there minions? They were not. Yeah, there's like dead minions all over the floor. No minions. No huh? minion. They closed Minion Land. No uh, Beetlejuice. No minions. No HP. Mm, stop sneaking Beetlejuice <laughs> in the middle. Of <laughs> I don't even know if Beetlejuice is a Universal movie. It might be, but it know. also might not be. <laughs> when I think of uh, when I think of and Universal, that's a comedy. I think of. Beetlejuice. That's a comedy movie. Yeah, anyway. he's spooky looking. I think they're making a new one too. So, Ugh. get ready for that Beetlejuice maze when they release it, though. Who 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 did they get for? Hey, I'm Beetlejuice. <laughs> hey, you got my maze. I don't. I actually don't remember anything about Beetlejuice. But it's wasn't great. there like a like a part where like someone was kind of like a, a scary monster face and had like eyeballs on top? That's of like the whole head? movie. Yeah. I yeah. Don't yeah. Know. It's like it's a wacky movie. And how dare you keep bringing up Beetlejuice and you don't even remember it? You blasphemous. Who did they get to play the new uh, Beetlejuice? Still Michael Keaton. Still Michael Keaton, huh? Gonna be anybody else but Michael Keaton. And so is yeah. it? So you're telling it's, it's it's like a sequel? Yeah. Not a. I think they got Winona Ryder again too. Oh, I don't know, wow. but we'll see. We'll see. Probably wasn't hard. Well, now she's doing Stranger Things. Oh, I, I forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, and when I was there, the kids from Stranger Things, I think, walked through the maze too. So, like, they got like good promotional stuff for them because I saw like a big. Uh, like red carpet thing going on. So I was like, that makes sense. Like yeah. it's really good promotion for the park to get them to go through it. So awesome us. overall. Love the experience. Go check it out. You will have a blast if you like being scared and you got the you got the dates of uh, when it's open. Like you know what's when it's ending. It's already open and then I think it goes to like a week after Halloween. So okay. um the earlier you buy your ticket, the cheaper it is. Yeah. And the closer you get to Halloween, the it's kind oh, of... damn. I can only imagine how expensive that would be on the day of Halloween. Oh, or you, not so much expensive, but like how packed that I, place. Would I think have been. it's sixty dollars like now before like in September, and then if you get closer, it's like eighty bucks. And then if you want the fast pass, it's like I'm not gonna lie, it's like hundred and fifty bucks. But if you it's got kind of worth it, if you got the money, spend it. It's it's almost like is your time worth you know? Yeah, sitting in line. What's your time worth? You know exactly. So go yeah. have fun and don't don't wait in line. Especially 150 minute lines. It's incredible how many people were there. So yeah. Anyway, that's I, you're all caught up on uh, our, my spooky weekend. So 
So, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I had a pretty good uh, weekend myself. I saw a Sasquatch with a big old donger. Um, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, it was a fictional, well, I mean, it was a... It was a wood carving. Plastic? Oh, it was wood. Yeah, it was a wood carving. Oh, it was wood, indeed. Masterful. But, uh, yeah, no, that was a beautiful Sasquatch. If you saw on our Instagram, he posted a picture of a, of a side-of-the-road um, carving of a giant Sasquatch holding up a car. I think it was a sign for the place. Okay, it was a sign for the place. I and, wasn't looking at the sign. And somebody took their uh, artistic um, inspiration and decided to draw a gigantic bulge. Oh, no. On the... It wasn't. It was carved out. Someone spent a day carving yeah, that Yeah, that's junk. what I said. Okay. I mean, they added a bulge to this, and uh, I, I can't help but think that there might be some... Bigfoot, big hands. Yeah, you know the, sexual... Uh, somebody has a thing for Bigfoot, you know, so... That was cool of you to post that. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we pulled off the road, and uh, we saw it from a mile away, so you, we decided You to pull would over. pull off the road for Bigfoot penis. Yeah, we pulled into a... I a break for lot. Bigfoot penis. Slap it on the back of my car. <laughs> Slap it on the back of something. Yep. <laughs> okay. Anyway. The mystery continues. Okay, I guess it's time to get into some stories. That's what you guys came for, so... Uh, let's hop on in. Let's do it. I'll, I'll start again. So today I'm going to be talking about, um, you might have heard of them before, they are called the Silent Twins. No. No, okay. This is a new one for me. So um, these two girls named June and Jennifer Gibbons uh, were the daughters of uh, Caribbean or Caribbean, however you decide to pronounce it. Yeah, can we get a straight answer on that? Yeah, I mean, if they're pirates, they're Caribbean descent. If you're going there, it's the Caribbean. Yeah. Um but they were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants, Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. And Gloria was a housewife, and Aubrey worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. And they were actually from Barbados, but they moved to Haverford, Wales, in uh, in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said in England, but in Wales. Yeah, I was like, yeah Scotland? Um, so uh, the twin sisters were inseparable, and their particular high-speed... I don't know what this is, Bajan Creel? Um, I'm guessing... Oh. I don't know. Creel. Well, I don't know what it, it's. It's called. Uh, Isn't that their language from like the, the islands over there? Well, it's like what people speak in Louisiana. Like, oh yeah, how y'all go? How do I'm from? Yeah. I'm from Louisiana. Yeah, you but know? then that transfer from probably from yeah because yeah. like a lot of yeah I don't know where Creel Bajan Creel is, but um, it, but it, their accent and their high speed accents of Bajan Creel made it very difficult for people to understand them, as well as they had speech impediments. Um, I think I played you a little clip before we started. They were that what you heard was them talking. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. It was really hard to understand. I was I watched a uh, a a it sound like a cat getting a bath. Yeah, there's a documentary. <laughs> That's bad. Um, there's a documentary on uh, YouTube called Silent Twins Without My Shadow, and they have interviews of um, of them, and it's very hard to understand them. Very very hard. There's no yeah. subtitles too because. They mention in the documentary that they get really upset when people can't understand them. So I think the documentarian is like, I'm not going to put subtitles on this. They're just going to get really mad. So yeah. hopefully you can understand it. So it was hard. But living in Wales, they were the only black children in the community. So they were kind of ostracized from school, which was really sad, actually. And it, it proved to be traumatic for the twins, eventually causing their school administrators to dismiss them early each day as they might avoid bullying. So they let them out five minutes early every day from school so they could, like, get home, which is fucking, like, you know there's something wrong with the school administration when there's, like, uh, let's just find a way around this bullying instead of just, like, finding out who the bullies are and being like, stop. They're yeah. Like, Go home early. We're going to make it. Let's cut your education out and just get you out of here. I mean, it's only five minutes, but still, like, the problem is the bullies, and you shouldn't change the lives of the victims because the bullies are being yeah, shitheads. Exactly. It's like, no, that's not how that works. So their language became even more uh, idiosyncratic at the time, uh, which is like, if you don't know what idiosyncratic means, it's like a strange thing that a person does, you know? So... um Soon it became completely unintelligible to others, and uh, their language qualified as an example of uh, uh, cryptophagia. And I didn't know what cryptophagia was, so I had to look it up. And cryptophagia is a phenomenon of a language developed by twins, identical or fraternal, that only the two children could understand. 
Oh, damn. Which is pretty common. I mean... I wonder if that's what those bean kids had. I guess they weren't twins, though. No, they weren't twins. But, uh, but like, yeah, it's like... Uh, I've I've definitely heard of that uh, in the past, of, of children having their... Especially twins, having their own language. But I guess yeah. kids... If you're, if you're close enough, you can yeah. have, you know... You spend a long enough time with one other person, I'm sure you can start developing your own language, especially from a young age. Exactly. And I feel like especially with twins, because they have, like, this weird really weird bond yeah what's what's going on there i don't know so um but they would do simultaneous actions and often mirrored each other as well so like they would do the same things at the same time yeah as well as that that language um eventually the twins spoke to no one except each other and their younger sister rose so they completely cut off from the world and half of the reason was because they felt like no one could understand them because they had a lisp they had a heavy accent and uh, people would always be like, what are you saying? And they didn't, they got like kind of fed up with repeating themselves. So they would just talk to each other and got, I think, really used to it, you know? Yeah. So um, when the twins actually turned 14, a succession of therapists tried to unsuccessfully get them to communicate communicate with each other. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They got them, tried to get them to communicate with others, not each other. They're killing it with that. Yeah, trying to space them out a little other. bit. Yeah, so they, they wanted to branch them out, you know, before they got too old and set in their ways. Um, so they were sent to separate boarding schools as an attempt to break their isolation. But the separation, though, was also a choice of the girls. They wanted to do this um, because they were very adamant about uh, the fact that they wanted to talk to other people at this point. You know, 14 years of mainly just talking to your sister probably drives you a little crazy, you know? Yeah. I I feel like siblings just already have that, uh, they typically have kind of that, uh, you know, anger towards each other. Yeah. Twins are a little different because I feel like they, they love each other more, but they also hate each other more. So it's, it's like, uh, extreme on that, but they actually wrote letters to each other, uh, stating that they were together when they were together, they acted stupid and they depended too much on one another. Uh, so like stupid as in like, I think like goofy, stupid and like they would only do jokes for each other and, you know, okay. that kind of like not being taken seriously. Yeah. Um, or taken serious. So, um, so they, they decided to separate for a period of time, stating that once they did, they would probably act normal and talk normal uh, to other people. That's what their idea was behind it, as well as the therapist's idea behind it. Uh, they talk normal, huh? Well, I mean... They did have a speech impediment. I'm not saying that Bajan Creole is not normal, but it's it's a heavy accent. And yeah, I know. if you live in Wales, it's probably like they also had like a Wales mixed in accent, so that was probably like all over the place. It was really hard to understand. Yeah, I, I listened to them. And, you know, it's bad, not bad. <laughs> but the um, the doctors told them that they would have to decide though who would leave. Uh, the current school, and transfer. The decision made the girls extremely angry with one another as neither one of them wanted to leave, and it was a nearly impossible decision which made them become extremely hostile towards each other and violent, and they would actually Ooh. yell at each other, which was, like, very, uh, like, they had never seen them even, like, talk very loud to one another. They kind of, like, talk really quiet, so this was, like, extremely weird for everybody and be like, oh, my God, like, look at them, look at them. They're, like... They're all, like, yelling and stuff, and it was, like, a very weird... Uncharacteristic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But what ended up happening is, I think, June ended up uh, transferring to a different school, Um, but once they became separated, they became extremely catatonic and and entirely withdrawn uh, from the rest of the... um, the you know the school especially June they yeah the I was watching the documentary and they said that they would walk in and she'd be sitting on the edge of the bed uh like not really there'd be tears and snot like streaming down her face like covered like and people would yeah. just be wiping it up for her she wouldn't wipe it away herself and she would lay down on the bed but she wouldn't like when they put her in there at night she would not like change her clothes and they'd get up in the morning and she'd just be sitting on the edge of the bed like tears streaming down her face but not like making a crying face it would just be like catatonic yeah. still which is dead inside really disturbing yeah yeah um so they eventually brought them back together yeah I'd ship her out of there yeah before we go any farther what what year was this happening i didn't quite catch that 
Um, the two girls were born in 1963, so the majority of this happened in late 70s, early 80s. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, um, back when they would, you know, they throw you in a padded cell if, if, if you didn't like talking to people, you know what I mean? They're like, you're crazy. Ah. I mean, I guess it's not that, it, they do have definitely crazy tendencies. Yeah. Especially once we get into it right now. Okay. But um, I believe you. Yeah, this is this is they they weren't they were in boarding school at this point. They weren't in any hospitals or psychiatric, you know, areas yet. But, yeah. But when they were reunited, uh, they spent they, they the two spent several years isolating themselves in their bedroom. So they went straight back to like isolating themselves because that traumatic experience kind of screwed them up a little bit. So they're like, even when so even when they were with each other, they would they were still kind of little loopy uh i mean they were always kind of loopy with each other but okay. once once they got separated from each other i think they're just like okay now let's like we don't like the rest of the, we definitely know now that we don't like the rest of the world so let's just like stay in our own rooms and yeah. hang with each other cool so when they got back to each other they isolated isolated themselves in the bedroom and engaged in elaborate plays with dolls uh they would write many pen pals around the world and would use binoculars to actually spy on the world outside their window. Uh, Even though they could just walk out. Yeah. I think it was just like a, uh, like a, a fear thing of being like, yeah, like I like to like watch you from a distance, you know, yeah. it's like a power thing almost. Yeah. I think they felt really powerless and that like provided some power to be like, I'm watching okay. you from up here and yeah, I gotcha. that's just my inner therapist coming out. Yeah. Um, but uh, they even bought. You could tell that they definitely were powerless, and they didn't like it because they even bought a instructional manual called "The Art of Conversation." Okay. But they found it too hard to complete the assignment of just saying things like, uh, "Nice day we're having." Yeah. They how about that weather? Yeah, exactly. They couldn't even do that. Like it was paralyzing to them. So they wow. they're like, "We no, we can't do it. Like, get rid of it." You know? Yeah. And, and so do we know where their parents are and stuff the, are they with their parents they live with their parents but i mean okay. i think they they knew that this problem was not going to be fixed they sent them to boarding school to try to yeah. fix it through like tough love yeah and that didn't work it made them worse so i think at this point they're like okay we need to like let them be in their room for a little bit and figure out a better solution which they tried to do eventually okay. get, getting to that um but since they gave up on speaking, they ended up creating many plays and stories uh, in the in the sort of uh, soap opera style, reading some of them aloud on tape as gifts for their sister. So they found a lot of like power in like uh, writing. They, okay. And you know what? They I heard some of their writing. They were like they had high level IQs. Okay. And the writing was really good for like a sixteen year old. Like yeah. If they wrote a book and they didn't like put their name on it and be like I'm a crazy twin, then I think people would be like, no, this is actually like probably a 40 year old person, you know? Yeah, it seemed like that good. But um, inspired by a pair of gift diaries on Christmas in 1979, they began writing. They began their writing careers. Uh, they sent away for a mail order course in creative writing, and each wrote several novels set primarily in the United States and particularly in Malibu. Ooh, the boo? Yeah, so that's like right around the corner from here. Yeah. You know, um, we're we're kind of close to the wood, the big wood, and yeah. uh, we can go down to the boo. You you are obsessed with calling Holly. It's Holly weird anyway. No, it's, it's not the big wood. It's the big wood <laughs> officially. So, um yeah, they they liked Malibu. Who I mean, who doesn't? It's it's a romanticized place. It's really nice. I got rear-ended there, so I don't really like it that was much. Was it there. was it a rich car that rear-ended you? No. A rich car. The car had a lot of money. The occupant was homeless. I get where you're going with that, but no. Mm. That just, sucked. Just another poor person like you out there in Malibu trying yep. to enjoy all the all the scenes of uh, the scenery of the rich people. Yep. Yeah. It's sad. Looking at mansions, not realizing that there's a car <laughs> stopped in front of them, but yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. But um, the stories involved young men and women who exhibit strange and often criminal behavior which is like really weird so um some of the books they wrote um june wrote a book called pepsi cola addict okay uh the high school hero is seduced by a teacher then sent away to a reform reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him okay so that's a book real 
I bet Pepsi Cola was like excited to have their name on that novel. Yeah, could they get like speaking of like lawsuits? This isn't controversial. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was self published, so they're not like a publishing company taking this. It's kind of like a we'll make some books for you guys. Okay. If you write them, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you guys try to sell them. I don't know. We're not gonna put our hands on these. Yeah. Um, Jennifer wrote a book called The uh, Pugilist, a physician. So eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain its heart for a transplant. The dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has its revenge against the father. I'm surprised that's not a movie yet. I'm honestly like, I I would be really down to read these books. Yeah, that second one sounds a little bit more my, yeah. up my alley. But, uh... <laughs> the other one seems kind of dark. You jump in. I mean, they thing. both sound a little more dark, but I think I, I would enjoy the... Uh... Well, it sounds the dog heart. The more. second one sounds like a fun B movie, like a B horror movie. You know, yeah, what I mean? voiced by Gary Busey. Exactly, like uh, Quigley. Like Quigley, great movie. Great movie. Um, Jennifer also wrote. Uh, I this is one's my favorite actually. It's called Disco Mania. Okay. And it was the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to commit insane violence. And I have a little, just like a two sentence, a uh, little bit from the book. They said, <clears throat> said, there were teenagers all around jump, jumping on one another, pulling anybody to the floor with salacious frenzy. They screamed loudly to the music, pulling out blades and stabbing their best friends to death. Hell yeah. So this is the part where like the parents probably like, mm, okay, maybe we shouldn't be leaving him in the room anymore, right? Novels. Yeah. And I get it; it's a it's a work of fiction. But Take the typewriter away. When it's a sixteen year old, you know, you get a little uh, a little freaked out. And, yeah. But she followed it up with um, another book called "The Taxi Driver's Son," uh, and a radio play called "Postman and Postwoman," and several other short stories. So they, they actually yeah. they wrote quite a bit. Yeah. But you know, then the hospitalization came into play. Uh, I'm guessing after the parents might have read some of those. Yeah. Uh, like I said, their novels were published by a self-publishing press called New Horizons, and they made many attempts to sell the short stories to magazines, but were unsuccessful. A brief fling with some American boys, the sons of a U.S. Navy serviceman, uh, actually led them to uh, a pr- like pretty dark times. They he, uh, he like showed them a dead body. Ex- in in the sense, uh, in a sense, they they basically. You know the the boys, the boy, two boys and the twins. They had like a summer fling, and they taught them about sex and drugs and all this like crazy, uh, you know, young young adult stuff. All the fun American shit. Yeah, guns, fireworks, uh, booze, a, a, a bong, penetration, an, uh, apple pipe. Yeah, apple bong pipe, pineapple pen, <laughs> pineapple pen, <laughs> YouTube, you, oh. U three. Oh, two? Tube. YouTube. You two. <laughs> Babano. Yeah. Is he from Wales? I think he is, I actually. He is. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. So um, so they got, a, they got him into a lot of uh, strange things because the boys really liked arson. And they... Uh, like com- all good American boys. Yeah. So Everybody th- loves arson so when they're a boy. They would commit arson with these uh, boys. And also, um, this part wasn't... With the boys, but they also attempted murder. Oh. Not just any kind of murder, though. Okay. Murder on one another. Oh, a little fight to the death? Exactly. So they were, uh, they're they're going for number one twin, thing one and thing two. They're all trying to go, they're both trying to go for thing one at this point, you know? Yeah. So Jennifer tried to strangle June with a radio wire, which didn't work. Okay. So that's kind of a more intimate way of killing somebody just like strangling them there's one of two ways that goes down it's you know you sneak up behind do it or you're like you're looking them in the eyes while you're doing it yeah i'm guessing this was probably a behind you know like backseat like good of the old car piano mom. wire kind of one exactly classic um and uh june tried to kill jennifer by pushing her off a bridge into the river okay um, Not a great one. So Hopefully she, that bridge was high enough. So she fell into the river, but she wasn't. It was like a smaller, you know. I think a, a crick. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think she thought like maybe like she'd hit some rocks or something, but she was she ended up being okay. But the reason behind them doing this is that she admitted later that they they both believed that by killing the other that they would be able to live a happy and normal life. So my thing is it's like, all right, you got to put it in their like shoes. It's like one pushes the other one off of a bridge and then it's like, well, she like crawls out of the river. It's like, oh, fuck you. And then it's like, all well, right, let's keep walking. Like, I, I think what this... happens afterwards when someone tries to kill you, and then it's like, and you, they don't make another attempt, and then she's not going to try to like kill her again, you know? Like, well, I think it's easier to be like, oh, I didn't mean to push you off the bridge, but it's a really hard conversation to have after you had some radio wire around their neck, like, yeah. pulling was, on. I was it. trying to straighten out the radio wire. Yeah, and your neck, your neck got in the way. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but I think they, I think they both realized. I think they're both in the same mindset. So it was okay. almost like not as judgmental yeah it's like oh yeah i tried to kill you so i get it i get fuck you i get still. one attempted murder you got attempted murder on me i get one yeah everybody gets one one free get out of jail so um this led to them being admitted to broadmoor hospital a high security mental health hospital so uh they remained there for 14 years holy shit that's a yeah. long time yeah uh, June later blamed this lengthy sentence to their selective mutinous, saying, Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. The queen don't care. No, the queen don't care. The queen got other shit to deal with. Yeah, she's like too busy getting old and not dying. You yeah. Know? You know how the queen is. Well, I mean, shit, how long has she been working on that? And we're still here sitting here. Exactly. She's going to outlive us all. Probably. Long live the queen. Long live the queen. So placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications, they found themselves unable to concentrate, and Jennifer apparently developed uh, tardive uh, dyskinesia, which is a neurological disorder resulting in involuntary repetitive mo- movements. I feel like we get one of those words in every episode where oh, we're just like, yeah. oh, all of a sudden we can't read. It's like Latin, and you're just like, yep. and you're like, oh, did I just summon a demon? Demon! It could have gotten a demon in here. Demons in them. Um, their medications were apparently adjusted uh, sufficiently to allow them to continue their copious diaries. They had begun in 1980, and they were able to join the hospital choir, but they lost most of their interest in creative writing. So, fuck the hospital. Yep. Ruined so many good novels to come. You know, like Who knows what we could have gotten. Coca Cola Classic, which was about a uh, a, a man that a, turned into a flamingo, a and... garbage man who uh, finds love in a in an old hot dog bun and <laughs> falls in love with a raccoon over a hot dog bun. Yeah, you know. So we we lost a lot of good literature. I think Stephen King actually talks about them as like his main uh inspiration. inspiration. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> Pretty sure he was writing back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, uh, he probably was, yeah. Yeah. Um but that was a lie if you didn't pick up on it. If that. you weren't picking that if you weren't picking, picking up what we were putting down. If you weren't smelling what we were stepping in. Yeah. <laughs> I had an Uber driver tell me that one the other day and I really enjoyed it. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the case achieved some notice due to newspaper coverage by the Sunday Times journalist, uh, Marjorie Wallace. Marjorie Wallace? Marjorie Wallace. That's a mouthful, too. Uh, the British tabloid The Sun, which is, like, uh, their, uh, the British equivalent of, like, The Inquirer. Yeah. But a little bit more, like, truthful, but they, like, they put out, like, salacious shit yeah it's like you got to keep the print running jude law killed his twin brother and buried him and no one knows about it you're just like jude law's like fuck off what the fuck's your problem guys? yeah they're like oh you're just mad because we got you yeah we got you good jude loser <laughs> but um they give a brief account of their story headline genius twins won't speak so i mean they're not wrong because uh the apparent reference was to them having tested above average intelligence uh, mm-hmm. when they were being considered for Broadmoor Hospital, yeah. which is why I think they were such good writers, you know? They, yeah. They, they were definitely smart. Um, the pair was also subject uh, of the 1986 television drama The Silent Twins, which is what I watched. It was a, a BBC two-part uh, series. And uh, so they got a little bit of... Uh, 
a little bit of like notoriety. Yeah, a little um, bit of press. Yeah, so people definitely heard about him. But here's the part where it gets really kind of disturbing or eerie. Um, so according to Wallace, uh, the girls had a long-standing agreement. She, Wallace was the journalist. Okay. And according to Wallace, the girls had a long-standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. During their stay in the hospital, they began to believe that it was necessary for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life okay. in March of 1993. Uh, and basically, this was really, really weird. They told Wallace this. They said, um, they told Wallace, uh, Jennifer looked and looked at Wallace and said, I'm going to die. We've decided. And then the uh, June said, I did dishes yesterday, so she kind of owes me. No. Hell yeah. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. Holy shit. Yeah. So, I mean, like, pretty disturbing, like, right off the bat. You That's know? awesome. I mean, and I don't know. I'll do, I'll, do, <laughs> I'll do dishes any day of the week for, uh, for, for living a little bit longer, you know? I'll do them every day as long as I'm still alive, I guess. Yeah. So the that twins... Guy, that the, might come back to bite me in the ass, but... Yeah. You're just going to get stabbed in your sleep, dude. Yep. Um, the twins were transferred from Broadmoor to the more open Caswell Clinic in Brigden, Wales. And on arrival, Jennifer could not be roused. She was taken to the hospital where she died soon after of acute myocarditis. Inf- uh, inflammation, it's sudden inflammation of the heart. Okay. Itis, that's where in- itis means inflammation in Latin. Oh. If you didn't know, now you know. This is an educational podcast. Yeah. We know some stuff. We know a few things or two. <laughs> so, there were no drugs uh, or poisons in her system, and her death remains a mystery to this day. At the inquest... June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before their release. Her speech had been slurring, and she had said that she was dying. On the trip to Caswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes open. Uh, On a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood, which doesn't say much. It seems like they're always in a strange mood. Yeah. But I guess there are stranger moods than not talking to anybody for 14 years. Yeah. And uh, she said, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up uh, her life for me. So. She just kind of gave up. It's weird how she kind of rejoiced in her sister. No, that was. uh, No, no, no. I mean, the sister that died just kind of like. Yeah. It's no really like there's no you know, you explanation. Know, she just kind of gave up, and her heart was like. It's kind of like you know, like when old people like if somebody's sick and they're dying, and then like both people lay down in the hospital. It's like the the end of the Notebook. I just spoiled that. Uh oh. But if you haven't seen it, then Great it's movie. been out for a long time. So, but you know, like old couples laying in bed and both of them dying that night. It's like I think there's a part of you that could will a death if. Oh yeah. You know, it's I don't really get it, but the mind's a powerful thing. Yep. And it controls. Everything Everything in your body. So, um, but yeah, she kind of rejoiced in her sister's death, which is like really, I can't, I can't imagine going from knowing somebody for, you know, as intimate as a twin for that long. And then the quote is, I'm free at last liberated at, uh, Jennifer has given up her life for me. It's like, what? Yeah. how does that? I, I mean, bet she's also just pumped that she didn't get slapped with like a murder charge and spend the rest of her life in prison. If she killed her, yeah. I mean, I mean, both, she tried. There's, yeah, there's a there's a history for sure. But yeah. I think that just shows you how how tormented she was by the fact that there was somebody there. She she would also say like um, June would say about Jennifer uh, or Jennifer would say about June. I couldn't remember which one was said about which, but yeah. she would say she's not my twin. Um, I found out. I'm an inch taller than her. We don't like the exact same things. I have a real twin out there who was born at the same time as me. Jennifer or June is not my twin. And it was like really weird shit like that where like they would have extreme resentment towards each other. So I think it was like tormenting to them to have them be constantly identified as the twins or the mutes or, you know. So when she died, I think it was almost like I have a fresh start. I can leave this all behind me now. 
Yeah, and then she just like the second her sister died, she just had perfect English. It, oh no no, she's definitely June is. Is she still alive? She's got a mouthful of marble still. What? Ooh. What? Is she still alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Oh wow. That's she was in the interview. I think she she was about that was made back in like the late nineties, and she looked about early forties, late thirties yeah. there. So she's probably still alive. Um, Should have gotten her on the show. But after, <laughs> you wouldn't understand anything. No. <laughs> um, Great, great content. And it's it's sad to say that you wouldn't understand anything because like you can't understand some of what she's saying, but it's her accent and her speech impediment is so strong. I get why she stopped talking to people because oh, yeah. it is really difficult. You have to like pay attention, and if people are going to keep saying, "I don't know what you're saying," you're going to get fed up and just oh yeah, like, it's not worth it. You yeah, know? but it's good to know that she's more comfortable talking now. Yep, especially in interviews. Um, but after Jennifer's death, June gave interviews with Harper Bazaar. And the Guardian, which is another huge publication in yeah. England, and by 2008 she was living quietly and independently near her parents in West Wales. She was no longer monitored by uh, psychiatric services, and has been accepted by her community and sought to put her past behind her. A 2006 interview with her sister Greta revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girl's incarceration. She blamed Broadmoor for ruining their lives and for neglecting Jennifer's health. She had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria, the parents, refused, saying it would not bring Jennifer back. So, I mean, that's basically the end of the story, is that yeah. June moved back, and it's kind of eerie just the sense that everybody's like, oh, we'll all forget about this, and uh, we'll all just move on, and your sister died in a really mysterious... Like, you were so creepy and ominous for so many years and then your sister dies in a really creepy ominous way where you guys agree on who's going to die and she dies and now everybody's like okay let's go oh, back cool. to normal it's like n- yeah, nothing let's about go this have is our normal. Uh, thanksgiving dinner or something like that but it's nice to see that somebody maybe got their life back after having such a hard time but i don't blame the hospital i think they're actually trying to help them yeah and i don't i honestly don't think i don't know how the hospital could have um like made it worse exactly and yeah. I think the this, like, apparent, I think if the, the only real change that they could have had is if one of them died or if they moved away from each other, like, really far. But I don't even think that would give them closure. I think they would always feel like that other twin is out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'd go into that cat- catatonic state. So yeah, I send think... them to opposite sides of the earth and then send letters being like, oh, your sister died, and then see, like... I bet they. Yeah, I bet they'd be able to be like to death. Like no, she. I can tell she's still alive. Yeah, but. that might be true too. Maybe yeah. like yeah. I don't know. It's it's. I think their their brains were wired away that like I think one of their deaths was the only way. Yeah, it's kind of like so you know sometimes people disturbing. can like sense when like a sibling or a family member like if something bad happens they can like kind of feel it and then yeah even if they're like across the country or something really weird yeah so maybe they needed that but. Yep. That was uh, the story of June and Jennifer Gibbons and All right. uh, the mysterious the mysterious death surrounding Jennifer. 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 So, yeah, really cool. weird. All right. All right, so I guess it's time for my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I mentioned uh, before, I believe that uh, this last weekend I went back to uh, kind of my second home, uh, Idaho. Idaho, Moscow, right? Yeah, Moscow. Moscow. It's spelled the same way, but people get really butthurt if you uh, call it. It was American, not Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, so I got to go uh, back home, my second home, I guess, and uh, saw a lot of old friends I haven't seen in a while. Went to a beautiful wedding, got to see two awesome people get married, which was really exciting. That's um, actually got to stay at an Airbnb, which was an alpaca farm. I saw that. And uh, <laughs> so uh, it was awesome. There's alpaca everywhere. They're great. They're yeah. funny looking. Yeah. Cute. I kept getting afraid it was going to spit in my face because I've seen them do that. And a few times it got that look on its face mm-hmm. that it was about to hawk a loogie at me. Oh, yeah. You always got to be ready to get when you get up yeah. to one of them. But so um, this is after, uh, after being back in Idaho, I really wanted to do a story that was uh, based in Idaho. And to the best of my efforts, I really couldn't find one that was uh, that took place in Moscow. Um, I found one story that one of the uh, one of like the class buildings was haunted, but it, it there was not enough information on it at all. So maybe for like, maybe a little shorter episode, I could talk mouth. about it. Yeah. yeah, and so I didn't get a lot of that. Um, and I've already done enough schools I've attended that are haunted. <sighs> maybe it just follows me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this 
story takes place technically in Garden City, Idaho, which is like a five-minute drive from Boise. Okay. And um, so in 1956, a 48-year-old woman named Cora Dean was found dead at a brutal murder scene. Her lifeless body was torn to shreds by an apparent knife wound, and uh, the coroner determined that Dean had her sl- her throat slit, Ooh. which, you know, pretty hard to recover from that. That's usually like an immediate death. Yeah, you can't, you can't sew up the jugular. Yeah. But uh, not only after that, um, not only did she have her, her throat slit, but the, uh, the murderer proceeded to uh, stab her in the skull 30 times. Oh, whoa, that is overkill. Yeah. Wow, 30 times? Yeah. And uh, so this murder would be quickly coined Idaho's Jack the Ripper. Oh, man. And it's kind of funny how they found him because it's just so, like, nonchalant. Well, he, I guess he's not Jack the Ripper then because exactly. Jack the Ripper was never found. Yeah, but the way he murdered her was a very, like, Jack the Ripper, like, kind of way of just, like, straight going to town. Oh, yeah. And I mean, was she a lady gruesome. of the night? No, not that I saw. Okay. I, I really couldn't find much on her. I could find her obituary, but there wasn't much about her. Um, it also doesn't help that it was 1956, mm-hmm. where you can't look their Facebook up and be like, oh, they like to do this. Yeah. You know, there's really not much information on her. Um, so the murder weapon was quickly found outside um, of a, uh, a cigar store. So it was found in the gutter. So of- he So he went... Did the deed, and then he's like, I deserve a cigar after that. I'm stressed. Well, not entirely. <laughs> so um, so I believe this the the cigar store was called uh, Hannafin's Cigar Store, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's in Boise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they found the murder weapon in the gutter, and they went to ask and talk to the, uh, to the employee. Can we, can we just say something that if you're going to murder somebody, like... Find a better way to dispose of a knife. I'm sorry, but like, don't throw it in a gutter. Like, yeah, people are always going to be like, "Hey, this is a knife," especially if it's covered in blood or just like it's a big knife. People are going to be like, "We might want to turn this in because it might be a part of a crime." Like, yeah, people don't just drop knives on the throw ground. it in the water at least, like yeah. a, a lake, something. Yeah, I'm not trying to tell this guy how to get away with what he did, but I just yeah. mean if, if I were him. Yeah, not, not that I'm him. So the police went never and uh, you never been to Boise? Swear to God, I've never been. I have never been. Don't I've never been there. Don't look at me like that. I've never. Who is she? I don't even know her name. What's her name? I don't even like cigars. This is a <laughs> a solid like sixty years before you're born or whatever. But um, how old do you think I look? Ooh. I know how old you are. <laughs> old enough to stab. That's true. Um, yeah. So the employee um, when they went to question uh, the cigar store. The employee said he saw Raymond Allen Snowden enter the business just to use the restroom. And uh, that was it. And then he left. Okay. Which was enough for the police to go question him, I guess. Just being like, oh, okay. So you went in to go to the bathroom. Um, we're going to go question you. I mean, you don't you don't go into a cigar store just use the bathroom. I, I wouldn't even guess a cigar store had a bathroom. You go to a 7-Eleven really? if you don't want to... Um... If you don't, I mean, unless the cigar store is like, I picture like a fancy one where they have like some seats, not just like a convenience store where you buy like Swishers and some cigars. So yeah, maybe it was more convenience store like, who knows? But yeah, it, it could have been. Um, another but, word of advice, don't clean up in a place where there's cameras. Like don't walk into a a store where there's surveillance cameras to clean well, up. Your, it's 1956, but yeah. They didn't have surveillance cameras? I don't think so. I don't know. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I guess you're right. But... Um, or just public places. Go somewhere private, you yeah. know? So, But I mean, like, I all, all the time I'll go into, like, a random store and be like, oh, yeah, I'm here to look at beds. Actually, can I use the bathroom real quick? And then I just run out. That's true. I mean, but... If I got to pee, I'm going to... The first place with a parking lot, I'm going to pull into and use their bathroom and run. But he also might have looked very suspicious, or oh, yeah. he might have had, like, blood on him in a certain, you know... Very Who true. Knows? So uh, after, noteworthy. so after the uh, the police arrested Snowden, um, you know, in questioning, he pretty much said, "Yeah, I did it," and uh, really gave himself up quick. Yeah, and so he actually would end up bragging about killing two other people, 
but the uh, the initial conviction was like so gruesome that it was enough just to give him the uh, death sentence. You and mean so the, like, the thirty head stabs? Was... Yes. After that, they're just like, like they're just like, okay, cool, yeah, you killed someone else. Doesn't really matter. Like you're getting the death sentence regardless. So yeah. we don't care. Boise, uh, Idaho's pretty strict on that, or what? Um, like I, in Texas, or you know, Florida? I don't. I'm not sure what they're like these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a weird state because some of it's pretty liberal and some of it's like super. Conservative. Super conservative. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place. It depends on what area it's Moscow. you're at. Not Moscow. Exactly. But, so, um, I just think it's kind of like bullshit that they like, I don't know, if if my like sibling or like parent, like family member was like murdered by this guy and they were just like, kind of like brush it off or like, well, like talking to him being like, oh, we're already going to kill you so it doesn't matter that you killed that person. Like, I feel like that's just kind of like, Selling it short, be like, give my give my person some respect here. Like they don't, I don't think they do that really nowadays. They yeah, oh um, yeah, for they, sure. They'll they'll throw them in in prison for the initial conviction, and then they will actually bring them back to uh, court and uh, or uh, yeah, bring them back to court, and they'll they'll try them for the other ones because it's more about the closure for the family. It's more about you know, exactly. getting your just desserts. Uh, my my really good friend back home, his dad is a uh, detective, or was, he's a retired detective now for the San Francisco um, Police Department. Yeah. And there was, he he worked in the cold case files after he retired. I think he still does, because he's just like, I just want to stay busy, and I think it's fun, and, you know, I, I don't like just sitting around being retired. And he found a cold case, and he figured out who the killer was, and they found out that he was actually already in prison. So when they went to go, you know, tell him, hey, we found out you did this, we're going to bring you to court again and, like, try you for this crime. I don't know if he had a life sentence or not. Yeah. But the day they went there, they're like, hey, where's uh, where's where's Bill Brasky? And uh, they go, oh, Bill Brasky got killed yesterday on the yard. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine, like, uh like that yeah. must have sucked to be like spend all that time find out it was the guy and then all of a sudden he got killed the day before you could yeah. like prove be like hey we found out you did this but that that Get just some goes blue to show balls from that yeah exactly and that goes to show you like they definitely follow up now with like yeah cold case files they're not just like well, well they're dead who cares the guy's in prison already they're, exactly they're gonna get him again yeah so uh, Snowden would be executed in the old Idaho penitentiary on October eighteenth nineteen fifty seven so cool it didn't name. take yeah didn't take long for them to uh to execute him so this is where things get a little a little uh here's wait, here's the second here's the second drop of the roller coaster okay but wait what was the time frame for the execution was it like how many months or years it was a little over a year from the initial murder that is a very quick turnaround yeah. usually people stay on death row for like 25 years sometimes yeah no they're just like yeah let's kill this guy they must have like been like really pushed because that lady must have known people or maybe they just thought it was well too i mean gruesome yeah, of crime to i think there's a difference between like just shooting someone and then like violently stabbing someone to death you know stabbing them in the in the skull 30 times almost yeah. severing their head after cutting the, like just slitting it's a little much a yeah little much yeah that, that, that's a hard one to to call like sympathize cons- call me conservative but i think that's a little much yeah so on the day of his hanging the room in which he'd be hung had a large uh had like a you know a two-sided room. It had a huge glass window, and then they had like I don't want to call them the audience, but the viewers. Mm-hmm. You know how they do it. In, you know it's always in movies like that. They pull back the curtain and exactly, and then they have them. They have like a doctor watching. They have like some some lawyers and like some family members. Or something family like and then like some sometimes there's press in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that setup, and uh, so when the time came to uh, he was being hung. I think it's hanged. Hanged. That's the past tense. Is it? Because hung means you got a big old donger. Yeah, I think so. Oh boy, I should retake so he's high being school. Hanged. Okay, so when he it was time for him to I be I could hanged. be wrong, but yeah, whatever. We got it. We got the idea. So when it came time for him to be hanged, the officers pulled the large lever to release the floor below Snowden's feet. Damn, they're doing old school hanging uh, floor going out from under you, Brendan Fraser in the first Mummy. Yep. Wow. And so when they pulled the lever, the contraption misfunctioned, sending one of the large metal trap doors hurling at the wall, which what? hit the wall and shook the whole room, and the glass shattered. <gasps> oh, that is like, 
That's the most embarrassing thing. Now there's like, okay, is he hanging at this point? Okay, let me get to it. Okay, but like the glass is shattered, so now like he can see all of them, right? Yeah. Well, he might have had a hood on. I feel like they usually True. put hoods they on do. people and they hang them just so, so it's... your eyes don't pop out or something. Yeah, like that. well, so people don't have to actually like see your face. But um, so yeah. So there's no glass between Snowden and the viewers. Mm-hmm. As Snowden fell towards certain death, the rope reached its length, but Snowden's neck did not break. Yeah. So now he's now he's Brendan Frasering in the first mummy, where he's he's strangling and writhing. Yeah, he was handsome. He wasn't as handsome as uh, Brendan. Is anybody? No. No. No one is. So for about fifteen minutes. Snowden swung back and forth in the room, kicking and struggling for air as the viewers, including the families of the victims, listened to Snowden grunt and gurgle for air until it stopped. You said 15 minutes? Yeah. That's a little... But, like, it's almost like... Is that cosmic karma? I would hope so, if there is any. Yeah, I mean, it's... He did something pretty bad, but honestly, that's... I don't know. I, I don't agree with, you know trying to get back at somebody by doing what they did you know maybe just like put him out of his misery but like i don't know why they didn't cut him down and just do it again maybe that would have been more i think that would have been more messed up yeah i think they thought like he's gonna die any minute now and then they're like on now they're on minute like 13 and they're like, they've got like two guards hanging on his feet pulling him down yeah they got like they got they're on 13 and they're like, do we cut him down now and they're like well we got this far one more second one more second one more second we, we've gone this far yeah yeah so but you know that that can uh, actually happens well, I guess it doesn't happen. It, ha- it used to happen that it was it wasn't uncommon for people's neck not to break on the fall, and then it would ended up be, it would end up being worse because then you just choke. It's all about rope length. Yeah, it has to be the rope has to be long enough where for the you, whiplash you get yeah you get a full drop, but you're not your feet don't aren't touching the ground obviously. Yeah, and I kind of think part of it is the malfunctioning door might have um, prevented him from like a a successful drop. Yeah, that's kind of, that could have done it too. I don't yeah. even get how a, a trap door flies off like that and smashes into a wall, but yeah, I'm not one to know hanging technology. Well, this might be part of it. Um, so Snowden was the final person to be executed in the penitentiary. So maybe it was kind of like... It was called the old Idaho penitentiary. Yes. So Even the day it was open, it was still considered old. Yeah. So maybe it was just kind of old stuff that they, you know... Once that once that happened, they're just like, well, I guess we're just done doing this. They're like, oh, let's the, not fix it. The hanging machine finally broke. Yeah. Uh, we could uh, we could retire this place. It's kind of like they're waiting for like the shoe to get a hole in it, and then they're like, okay, yep. now we could throw them away. Exactly. So they're like, he was the last uh, the last rope, you could say. Yeah. But so he, I don't. He they didn't close the penitentiary after this. They just stopped executing people. Okay. And eventually, that it makes closed. Sense. Don't put money back into that broken machine. You know? Yeah. So the. The penitentiary closed eventually. I don't know what what year it was, but so now um, it's still it's still there in Boise as a museum. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Wow, we should go. Yeah. Well, also it's also said that uh, to this day visitors can still hear the grunts and gurgles echoing in the halls as a spirit is still fighting for his last breath. Oh. Yeah. That is creepy. Yeah. So the, the like the faint like like down the hallway exactly like, what the fuck's that yep so i i was gonna end it there but i decided to look a little more into the prison and um so it's not believed that snowden is the only spirit that haunts the prison Ooh. and um within it was it was open for 101 years oh maybe they're just waiting for that extra one year and then they're like yeah close it up they're like we are yeah exactly so within the 101 years, um, it was believed they uh, officially on books. It was over 13,000 inmates passed through the doors, and it was recorded that 110 people died in the prison, whether that be executions or just somebody else killing them. Yeah, so people typically died from one of the three causes, which was sickness, old age, and like murdered by another inmate. And then I feel like this is the only three, really. Maybe well, like those choking. were the those were the big threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it is believed that the fatality number was actually higher than 110, but it would be kept quiet when like things were kind of sketchy. A guard killed him. Yeah, kind of exactly. like that. Or it is also believed that um, that the 
it was also the weather. Because, it was also believed the weather? What does that mean? Well, the, the weather was another thing that killed people. Really? In what way? So they said that, um, okay, so in, in Boise, the the winters are very cold. I call it Boise. You call it Boise. That's how you're supposed to say it. Oh, I, I've always called it Boise. Boise. Yeah. Boise. If people usually call it Boise, hmm. but it's Boise. Okay. Yeah. Um, Louisville. Yeah, sure. There, I could say one right too. There you go. Um, so in Boise, the winters are like insanely cold and the summers, they're not like insanely hot, but they're, they're hot. Oh, okay. And so the cells weren't very well crafted. So it's like in the winter, these people are living in like meat lockers. So they're freezing to their people would People would freeze to death. Wow. And then in the summers, they would get insanely hot and people would cook in there. Wow. And so That's crazy. It, yeah, which which I assume would lead to a lot of the illnesses that people like the quote unquote died from illness. I'm guessing the the majority of that probably took place from like 19. I mean, I don't know when it closed, but like you know, 1910 to like 1950 was like probably most of the winter stuff, and then they probably got some renovations for because in the 60, 50s, like late 50s, early 60s, like they probably were like. We're going to get a lot of press on this. Like we need Well, I mean, to. not a lot of people really cared, honestly. That's true, too. I mean, they're like, oh, well, they're prisoners. They shouldn't have killed somebody if they exactly. didn't want to be in there. No but one's going to give them sympathy for... Still really inhumane, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not one to be like, oh, you know, give the prisoners nice cotton cotton sheets. But, I mean, yeah, that's a, there's a difference between letting them cook and freeze. Yep. So yeah, that's my that's my story. Wow. So we got we got the we got the gurgling gurgling ghost and the uh, the gurgling dangling ghost and the the ghost of fire and ice. Yes, or the many ghosts of fire many, and ice. Many 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 ghosts and and baton swings from the guards. Yeah. But wow. So, yeah, that's like the most haunted place in Idaho. Really? From what I found. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I would love to take a tour there. That'd be really really cool. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll ever find myself in. Boise. It's a cool. It's a cool but, city. Is it? Yeah, it's a really cool place. I mean, uh, is there a reason that you would ever go out there again besides the college or like? I know you didn't go to Boise, but no, I've got a lot of friends that live out there. Um, Maybe I'll go with you if you uh, make a trip out there. Yeah, that'd be fun. The to... summer, the summers are just gorgeous out there. Really beautiful. If you're not in a cell. If you're not in a cell. Yeah. Hell, hell in a cell. <laughs> Kane haunts the hallways. Yes. From hell Kane in the cell, Undertaker. WWE this Friday. It's a pretty Boise thing Kane right the there. Undertaker. Hey, maybe Bring we could uh, we can go see WrestleMania if it goes to Boise. This is not a WrestleMania <laughs> podcast. For the last time, it's not a WrestleMania podcast, man. All right. I'm tired of you trying to push that. I'm joking. Can we talk about nature some more? Yeah, let's do that. But yeah, okay. I guess that... Uh, that I think can... it's time to... to um... Bring up the most important and exciting news that we have for you guys. What? Uh merch oh yeah we got our merch live now i am actually right now wearing a camp strange shirt it's been very distracting all day has it been i mean i tried it on when i first got here and it it was it was too small is it well yeah because you need an xo yeah but i've I've just been eyeing that shirt it's uh, it looks so good i got a large and it fits like honestly probably and this is gonna sound like I'm complimenting my own material, which I am, because I made a great choice in picking the the product of the shirt. But honestly, I've never bought like a shirt like from uh, like a merch company that has actually like felt this good. This is like super soft. It fits perfectly. I already washed it once because I always wash them um, every single time. Like I get like new clothes, I have to wash them first. There's two types of people. There's people that wear it like fresh off the rack, and yeah. people who have to wash it first. I don't. I don't even wash shirts that I get at Goodwill. I just wear them. That's disgusting. I do what I want. I <laughs> wash underwear that I steal from your room. You should wash that. <laughs> I just wear them. Somebody needs to wash that. But um, yeah, our merch store is live now. Um, we have small, medium, large, and extra large shirts. Um, maybe we'll throw in a double XL though. But I yeah. know you have to. The, the shirts cost more because it's more material. So yeah. we're gonna see if anybody, uh, you know, if if you if you want to get a double XL or a different size, um, send us an email. And if we get like people sending us like that they want different sizes, we will definitely add more sizes to it. But um, the shirts are great. Um, they're uh, 50%, uh, they're 50, 25, 25, which is like polyester, uh, cotton, and rayon. So 50% polyester, 25% cotton, 25% rayon, and it fits amazing. You just wash it inside out, dry it inside out, so like the um, 
the graphic the graphic doesn't get like uh, messed up or anything like gotta that gotta keep it crisp and it fits great i think they're unisex fitting shirts they're really lightweight uh and they're really soft and i and they're sexy as fuck and i got a good body so great i bod. make it look good he's worked for that i make it look so good better than you've seen it on anybody anyway um <laughs> Um, Weren't we, you just talking about how like, this is the Big Mac house because you eat so many Big Macs? That I was being, I was I'm a liar. Okay, yeah, I those are fish fillet wrappers. I eat ahi tuna and kale. Okay, yeah. so um, I eat something in between those two. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the shirts are 25 bucks online. Um, they're great shirts. Um, we have three different logos. And a mug on there, too. So if you want oh, a little yeah. mug for all our coffee drinkers, we're going to be adding more stuff to the shop, um, but we just have to have, uh, you know. You guys got to buy this shit first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're really going to corner you into this one. <laughs> buy it or everything goes! <laughs> yeah, just just buy that stuff because, uh, <laughs> well... Because it's cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh, we, we just like to we like to give you some some cool stuff that you could uh, wear. And, yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, maybe send us pictures of you guys wearing it, and we'll post it on the Instagram or something. Or not wearing it. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Sense. I'll take some of that too. <laughs> That's for the late night show. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess that was the the show today. So we hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I guess that was it. Go. <laughs> go. Go to campstrange.com for for all of our hyperlinks for Spotify, iTunes, and you, you're listening to this on something. So, um, also uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we all the hyperlinks are also on the website. This has been a low upside podcast uh, creation of the low uh, low upside podcast network. So go check them out at lowupside.com. And um, oh. Please review and rate and subscribe. That really, really helps us. You know what? That'd be super cool if you did that. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get some shirts. I'm gonna get like two or three shirts, and uh, well, I'm gonna wait to order them. But I want to have a giveaway Ooh, where if, giveaway. if you if you rate and review and well, subscribe, then we can't, we can't really we can't really know who's yeah we can you can yeah I mean all oh, you cool. have to do is just I, I I'm I'm gonna say screenshot um screenshot. Before you send the review, yeah, that's like, a good idea. Screenshot it and then DM us on Instagram, like add us on Instagram and DM us, and you'll be entered in to win one of the shirts. I, I'm gonna uh, pick a winner through there. I think there's a um, an app we could use that draws a winner randomly. Yeah, and then if you win, you get to pick the size and uh, one of the three shirts that we have on the website. So, um, yeah, hopefully in the future we'll be adding more colors too uh, to the shirts and whatnot. But uh, we got you know black and white shirts and they, they fit great and they're awesome and uh yeah so we'll be posting that on instagram as well for the the rules for the um the review yeah we'll 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 figure it out and we'll get back to you about that yeah so we'll see what works that'd be a lot of fun to do a little uh little giveaway little giveaway you guys have some shirts and you'll be wearing it every day but uh thank you guys for listening we really appreciate it and uh and always don't forget to stay strange